Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. This is, I mean, isn't this the best? We get to gather together as the people of God and celebrate the salvation of our God for his people. I love this season. I love Christmas. I love everything about it. I love the message. I especially love the message of Christmas. And I love everything else about Christmas. I love the music. I love the decorations. I love gathering together with family. And uh, I love, even love shopping um, and, uh, and getting gifts for people that I love. And uh, just a real quick um, survey here, just very informal survey. Uh, so how many of you, generally speaking, have your shopping done before Thanksgiving? So just go ahead and, okay, we've got a handful of you guys in the room. Okay, that's great. Oh, I see a little guy back there. He's like, yeah, I get my shopping done before, before Thanksgiving. Now, how many of you guys, first of all, I'm just really proud of you guys for doing that. I'm a little jealous, but I'm also very proud of you. It takes a lot of skill to do that, a lot of organization. Now, how many of you uh, would say that you're more of a last-minute shopper type? So you guys can go ahead and raise your hands. Okay, so a lot more, a lot more of you. Okay, and we're t- like when I say last-minute, I'm talking like you're, you're like doing your shopping like today, <laughs> like last-minute. So a handful of you. Okay, it's okay. This is a safe place. You can raise your hands. Okay, um, we, don't, we don't judge here. Now, um, so for those of you who know me well, this may shock you, but I am a last-minute shopper. It's true. Um, and there's, there's something that happens. Um, I, I think it's fantastic. Uh, you're able to do a month's worth of work within about a handful of hours on an afternoon before Christmas. And during that time of intense pressure, um, your um, observational skills are heightened and your, your powers of creativity are being honed. And, um, 
And so I observe things that I normally don't observe. So, for instance, like yesterday when I was doing my shopping, uh, every store that I went into, um, there were these signs everywhere, uh, just like one-word signs, like in the mall or in Target or some random antique shop that I went to. And they would say things like believe or faith or joy. You guys know what I'm talking about? And they're in big, bright letters. And uh, this naturally led me to ask the questions, well, what are these people trying to get me to believe in? Who should I have faith in? Why should I have joy? I mean, these are the questions that we should be asking when we see signs like this, because these are questions that deal with life's meaning. What is ultimate reality? Why are we here as human beings? And if you ask the world what they would say to this question, they would probably say something like, well, you just need to believe anything that makes you happy. And if you do that, then that is the meaning of life. Or um, you might hear something like this, you should believe in you. You need to have faith in you. And if you believe in yourself and you have faith in you and you work really hard, then guess what? You will be happy. You will be a person of joy. Um, this, is, this is what our culture um, gives us to answer life's most important questions. This is the best that they have to offer in our culture. Um, And this is a message that my wife and I heard when we were watching a Christmas movie just a few weeks ago. Um, These people were working really, really hard um, to redeem somebody. And the question was, well, is this person unredeemable? And they were trying to sell this as a Christmas message. Um, And the solution that they came up with was this. If you believe in yourself and work really hard, you too can be redeemed, and you can redeem the unredeemable. Um, And then the movie literally ended with a song that literally says, and I quote, work a little harder than we did the day before. It only takes a little good to be a better man. So that's horrible writing and also horrible philosophy. Um, I just didn't think it was great. But let me just tell you right now, that is not the message of Christmas. The message of Christmas is that you could never redeem yourself. The message of Christmas is that we as a people are lost in our sins. There's nothing that we could possibly do to overcome the sin in our lives. That's why God sent his very own son into the world. He sent his son into the world to redeem us from our sins. That is is the true Christmas message, regardless of what the, what the culture is trying to teach us. Now, that is the best news that the world has ever heard. But if you're like me, a lot of times we've heard this message again and again and again, especially around Christmas. We gather together, we talk about the same story about Jesus being born and angels and shepherds and, and wise men coming to the mix at some point. And so it's really tempting for us to just 
let this story wash over us. Again, the most amazing thing that has ever happened, we meet it oftentimes with indifference or apathy or even unbelief. But I don't want that to be us this evening. I want us to receive this message as if it's the first time that we're hearing it because this is good news of great joy that is for all people. And the way that we can do that is we can ask God for him to do a miracle in our lives tonight, for him to give us the gift of his Holy Spirit so that we might receive this message with hearts of faith. So would you pray with me before we look a little bit deeper into what the Christmas message actually means. So let's pray. Father, we come to you right now and we beg you, we ask you to do for us what we could never do for ourselves. Lord, we pray that you would reveal yourself to us in the story of Christmas. Lord, I pray that you would help us, even if we've heard this story literally a thousand times, Lord, I pray that we would see it with fresh eyes. Give us ears to hear, give us eyes to see through the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So tonight we're looking at the Christmas message through the lens of the story of the angels and the shepherds in in Luke chapter 2. And this story and the stories that surround it are mind-blowing. I mean, this story is about how God sends his own son, his Messiah, his king, into the world. And this Messiah has come to fulfill all of God's promises for his people and to rescue them. This is what the Christmas message is about. But God does this in a really unusual way. I don't know if you've ever realized this. But God the creator and king of the universe, sends his all-powerful Messiah into the world as an unborn baby. So kids, there's a lot of kids in here. I got to ask you a question. Is there anything powerful about a little baby? Anything? You guys can answer. Yeah. Is there anything powerful about a baby? They make loud noises. That's so true. That's about the most powerful thing that they can do. We've got a couple babies in here that one of them is like just a handful of days old. I seriously can't think of anything more powerless than an unborn baby or a baby that's just been born. I mean, think about the helplessness of a little baby. But that's exactly how God decides to begin his redemption of his people. He sends a little baby into the world. And then the upside-down nature of this story continues when we see a bunch of angels declaring the birth of God's king. Now, angels, that makes sense. I mean, they're the most powerful creatures in the universe. And they come and they declare this message to a bunch of dirty, unimpressive, unimportant, insignificant shepherds. He doesn't send his angels to proclaim this message to kings and queens. He doesn't send his angels to go declare this message to generals and rulers and their armies. He sends them to a small group of shepherds. And then we see these shepherds. They are just in awe, by the way. They go and they check out this news. And then they find God's Messiah, God's Son. And he's been born to... A poor, unimportant, 
no-name teenage girl. And then God's son, he's, he's born in where? He's born in a manger. So he's not born in some palace in some important city. He's born in a backwater town in a stable in a manger. That is how God decides to begin his plan of redemption of his people. And he's doing this to alert us to the fact that what he is doing is amazing. And he's also doing this to show us that this is not what the world would expect. And the people who are going to receive this message are going to be the people who receive it with hearts of faith. This is why the culture tries to make up Christmas messages um, in these ridiculous movies, right? So, like, you have the best story that's ever been told, the greatest news that has ever been in the history of the world, and they're trying to make up messages that you just need to be a better person, and you're going to make a difference in the world. God is trying to tell us that this is the only kind of story that needs to be received with eyes of faith. Okay, so you may be thinking, all right, so we've got the baby born in a manger, angels, shepherds. Okay, but what, so what does this message even mean? Why do Christians make such a big deal about the birth of Jesus Christ? Well, in our passage, we're going we're gonna to focus on just one verse in the passage that we just read, and it's going to help us to understand the meaning of Christmas. So let me read to you again Luke chapter 2, verse 10. The angel said to them, the shepherds, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. So the reason Christians celebrate the birth of Christ is because this event is good news of great joy that is for all people. So if we want to understand the Christmas message, what it truly means, then we need to understand what is it mean that this is good news that a baby has been born? What does it mean that this news is good news of great joy? And then what does it mean when the angel says that this is for all people? Those are the things that we're going to look at as we try to understand more of the Christmas message. So let's go ahead and first talk about what it means that this Christmas message is good news. So the good news is pretty simple. It's the gospel, right? That's what good news means. And the good news is this, that God, in his love and mercy, sent his only son into the world to be the perfect sacrifice for our sins by dying on the cross. And whoever, whoever trusts in Jesus for the salvation of their soul will have all their sins forgiven and they will receive eternal life in his name and be able to live in his presence forever. That's the good news. It's very simple. And forgiveness is central to this message. Forgiveness of sins. This is exactly why Zechariah prophesied at the end of Luke chapter 1. So you can go read Zechariah's prophecy that... uh, that he sang um, in the presence of God's people. Um, This is why he says about his son, John the Baptist, 
how he would prepare the way for God's Messiah. And he says this, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. So this is why John the Baptist was sent, was to prepare the way to declare this good news of the forgiveness of sins. When the angel appeared to Joseph in Matthew chapter 1, he commanded Joseph to name the baby Jesus. And Jesus just simply means, or Yeshua, or Joshua is probably a better name. Um, Yeshua, Jesus, Joshua, it means God saves, or God is salvation. And the angel tells Joseph the reason why God has chosen this name. Do you guys remember this? For, he gives us a reason, for he will save his people from their sins. And then Jesus himself, throughout his ministry, he tells people in no uncertain terms, this is why I have come into the world. I have come into the world to seek and save the lost. And the lost are sinners. And then the night that he was betrayed, we, we read this every, um, every week when we participate at the Lord's table, when we receive the Lord's Supper. Is he says, I am dying on the cross. I'm shedding my blood for what? For the forgiveness of sins. So this is why Jesus was sent into the world. This is why the Son of God became man was so that you might be forgiven of your sins. So I don't know if you've heard this, but in the good news is also really bad news. So the bad news is that we are all sinners. We have all committed treason against our Creator, and we have wronged our fellow human beings in countless ways. In our sin, we have despised and rejected God and His ways, and as a result, we hurt other people. The Bible says that there is no one who is right before God. No one. And then there's more bad news. As sinners, as people who have committed treason against a perfectly good and loving king, we deserve to die. Because our sin is against an infinite and eternal and holy God, we deserve to be punished infinitely and eternally. This is why the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, eternal death. Because God is just, he cannot leave evil unpunished. He has to deal with evil. And then there's more bad news, even though like, that, that's not bad enough. There's more bad news. Let me tell you about it. So there is no possible way that you could ever make yourself righteous. There's no possible way that you could ever make yourself right before God. There's no possible way that you could cover over the sins that you have committed. And some of you all know this. Like You have wronged people. You know this in your life. You have wronged people in horrible ways. And you've tried to make things right, but you know that you can't get that guilt off of you. And then our culture, you know, you know that our culture tells us, hey, just do a little bit of good and you'll be able to redeem yourself. You'll be able to redeem others even. We know that that is a lie. There is no way that we can make ourselves right before God. In fact, the Bible says that our good deeds are like 
filthy rags before him. The quality and the quantity of your good deeds could never save you from your sins. So that's all really bad news. So you're a sinner. Your sins deserve to be punished. And there's no possible way that you could save yourself from your sins. But we need to hear that bad news in order to receive the good news, right? So he came to save us from our sins. Sins, that's really bad. But he came into the world to save us from them. God sent his son, Jesus, fully God and fully man, in order to redeem you. This is the beautiful thing about Christmas is because the reason... Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is sufficient to cover your sins is because he was fully man. He was able to die in your place. That's the only way that God could die, by the way, is for him to become man. And the only reason that his sacrifice is able to cover over your sins is because he's God. So he is the perfect sacrifice for you. That is the good news of Christmas. And it doesn't matter what you've done or how many sins you've committed. Jesus Christ is powerful and he is able to cover over all sins. And if you receive him, if you receive this gift that he gives you, then you are able to live in his presence forever. He gives you eternal life. So that's really, really good news. And this is the good news that the angels were proclaiming. And this good news leads to unspeakable joy. It leads to great joy. So have you ever noticed that when you read the Christmas story, joy is just everywhere, right? So you go back in Luke chapter 1, Elizabeth, she can't contain her joy. She's filled with the Holy Spirit. She just starts bursting out in praise. And then we see Mary and Zechariah, they can't contain their joy either. And then they burst out into singing and praise to God. And so we have their songs recorded in Luke chapter 1, and they're some of my favorite passages in all of Scripture. And then even John the Baptist, the unborn baby John the Baptist, he's filled with joy. I mean, the Bible literally says that the unborn baby John the Baptist leaped for joy in his mother's womb when he heard Mary's greeting. So you see joy everywhere, even before Jesus is born. And and then after Jesus is born, we see angels singing, like armies of angels singing. We We see the shepherds praising God, glorifying God. And by the way, you can't actually glorify God without joy. So they're glorifying God. And then we see Mary treasuring these things up in her heart. This is all language of joy. So do you remember the last time that your heart burst when you heard good news? Just burst with joy. I mean, think about that. Okay, so you just got the news. You passed the test. Like you got the grade in in the class that you needed. I mean, that's good news. You remember that feeling? Or how about when you got the call from the doctor and your test results came back and you don't have cancer. I mean, that's great news, and it just it fills you with joy. Or, hey, you got the job. Congratulations. That's really good news. Or, she said yes. Or maybe the time that you found out that your dad 
or you're a mom or you're a grandparent. That's, that's all occasion for joy. But here's the truth. All of that good news of great joy, no matter how good it is, it pales in comparison to this good news about Jesus Christ. And the reason I can say that is because I know that this news, this good news of great joy, is eternal. So in Psalm chapter 16, um, the psalmist says, in your presence, and by the way, when you are forgiven of your sins, you are able to be reconciled to God and you get to have a relationship with him that lasts for all of eternity. So in God's presence, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So fullness of joy, that just simply means there, it's complete joy. It is satisfying joy. And then pleasures forevermore, it's a joy that will last forever. This is good news of great joy. When you trust in God for the salvation of your soul, our joy is eternal. It will last forever. And because it is an everlasting joy rooted in and protected by God himself, we know that whatever happens in this life, we have a joy that cannot be touched. It's a joy that finds its source in God and transcends all kinds of evil and suffering and pain. So if you're here tonight and you want this kind of joy, it can only be found in believing in the good news of Jesus Christ. I have a friend, a dear friend. He is... uh, suffering greatly right now. Um, He's suffering horribly from ALS, and his body is waging war against him. His body is shutting down in stages. This will most likely be his last Christmas on earth. But when I see him, this is the kind of man that has great joy in Jesus Christ. Even though he has every reason to be miserable, he's not miserable. He's actually one of the most joyful people that I've ever met. And the reason is because he knows that his sins are forgiven in Jesus Christ. Every time I see him, even though he can barely speak now, he sings praises to his God. That's the kind of joy that cannot be taken away from you. That is eternal joy. It is great joy. Your soul... So you have an eternal soul. Your soul craves, it craves a joy that will satisfy you and last forever. But unless that joy comes from the infinite and eternal God, it will not satisfy you. Some of you are here this evening and you're trying to find joy in other sources. You're trying to find joy in broken cisterns. And I'm just going to tell you, they cannot satisfy. They will not satisfy. Jesus Christ has come into the world and he offers you good news of great joy. And this good news of great joy is for all people. That's amazing. 
it is for all people. That means this message is for the rich and the poor. It's for the young and the old. It's for every person from every tribe, language, people, and nation. It's good news of great joy that is for all people. And if you're thinking tonight that this can't be for me because I'm a tremendous sinner, you don't know what I've done. God's grace covers over all sin. God's power is able to wipe away all sin. Here's what the scriptures say. God sent his son into the world. He loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever, whoever believes in him will not die but have everlasting life. This is good news of great joy for all people. So, Christian, you should be like the shepherds where we proclaim this message to everyone and to the ends of the earth. This is This is one of the things that brings us great joy is that we get to share this great joy with other people. We get to share this good news with everyone. No one is excluded. And yet, at the same time, here's the truth. While this message is for all people, it is a message that will only be received by a few. Notice that the angels also declare, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those who, with whom he is pleased. So it's only those who receive this message of good news with great joy that will know his everlasting peace. And Jesus told many parables related to this. He said that the message of the kingdom is for all people. He said that he's like a king and he's sending messengers out to the city. He's sending them to rich and to poor. He's sending them to the, to the lame and the healthy And he's inviting everybody to come and to feast at his wedding banquet, to be a part of the party. And then he even sends people outside the city. He sends people to the byways and the highways. He sends people out into the countryside. This is good news of great joy for all people. But then Jesus also tells us in these parables that only a handful respond to this good news. Only a handful. And I don't want anyone here tonight to be left out in the cold when Jesus comes a second time in all of his glory with the angels. I hope, I pray that you would receive this message. It is for all people, but it does need to be received with a heart of faith. So what should we do with this message? Well, for the Christian, Christian, I pray that you, um, that you revel in these amazing realities this Christmas. I pray that this Christmas you, your heart bursts with joy over what you have heard and over the salvation that you have in your God. I pray that God gives you power through his Holy Spirit so that you might comprehend his love for you. I pray that the good news of Jesus Christ brings you an everlasting spring of great joy. That's what I pray for you. And if you're here tonight and you don't trust in Jesus, but you want to know what it means to experience this kind of everlasting joy that Jesus Christ offers you, 
then trust in Jesus and trust in him alone for the salvation of your soul. You might be thinking, well, I don't know how to do that. Well, just pray that God would give you the great gift of his Holy Spirit and the great gift of faith this Christmas to trust in him and him alone for the forgiveness of your sins. And if you do that, if you do that, then you will have everlasting joy, great joy in him. This is what the Christmas message is all about. Let's pray. Father, thank you for sending your son into the world. Thank you that this is good news of great joy that is for all people. Lord, I pray that you would give us hearts of faith to receive this message. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, I pray that you would give us hearts of faith to receive this and to have great joy in you. And Lord God, I pray that we wouldn't look anywhere else for joy. And Lord God, I pray for those who choose to believe in you for the first time tonight. Lord, I pray that you would give them the gift of your spirit to regenerate their hearts so that they might have faith in your son for the forgiveness of their sins. Lord, we pray all this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.